This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. Have your way in us, O Lord. Every moment that we spend in your presence in the gathering of your saints, for your word promises us that where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. And therefore, today we know by your spirit, you are with us to guide us and to teach us your truth. Thank you that by your power, we shall receive the engrafted word, which will save and deliver us from every evil destined against our souls. Thank you that our soul shall flourish. We shall prosper in the land of the living and praises shall come unto you from our life. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Please take your seats. Is my sound good? Somebody should let me know if my sound is good. Because I'm using uh, Bluetooth. Sound is clear. Okay, thank you. Great. So this morning I want to continue on the subject of on the subject of repentance as we're talking about because I find it to be indeed the basis of our blessings, the basis of our blessings and a good understanding and therefore proper steps as we walk in it will be a blessing to us. It will help us not to labor in vain, but to labor with profit. Amen. Good. So, you know, we came into this world without knowing what this world has and where this world has been, what has been before. You know, many things that are new to us they are new because we just came. But the world has been in existence by the creator from the beginning. And he alone knows everything. So whoever the creator is, which we know and believe it is God, he knows everything. And by his love and mercy, he has not left us without help. In other words, he has not left us without us having the information that we need to make a decision, to make choices as we journey on this earth. And therefore, it is important for us who have received God as God, the creator, the giver of our lives, and have believed in Jesus Christ, his dear son, by whom he has brought forgiveness to our lives through the blood that was shed, it is important for us to listen to what he says and to pray that by his spirit, he will guide us into every truth that our life needs here on earth so that we will live our lives to the fullest. Amen. And that is why I take my time to teach some of the things that I'm teaching. And so the first thing I want to draw your attention to 
is that God has told us that there is a God who is running this world. Though he didn't create the world, he deceived the one to whom this earth, as it is, was entrusted to, that is Adam and Eve. He deceived them by making them disobey God. And the Bible says that the person you obey, the person becomes your master. The, the evidence that somebody is your master is that you obey them. So a thing cannot be your master if it is not able to instruct you and to make you do what it wants you to do. So whatever you obey, whether out of love or out of the benefit you get, that thing becomes your master. Hallelujah. Yeah, remember this. So don't shout and say, no, he's not my master. You are moving because he says move. He's the one who will tell you when you can go home. So how is it not your master? Hallelujah. So when Adam and Eve obeyed Satan, Satan became their master. And therefore, the master of everything that was under their control. And that is why when Jesus came, the, the last Adam, when Jesus came and Satan and he encountered Satan after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. When Satan told him that all this wealth or all that you see has been given to me, all you need to do is to just bow down and worship me and I'll give it to you. Jesus didn't argue that it's not yours. Do you get it? Because first of all, to do what you have asked, the person has asked you to do, you should believe that the thing is his. For you to decide whether when you do it, he will get it or not. Because how can somebody give you something that is not his? You go outside, you see a brand new Mercedes man standing there, and you don't know, you know for sure that it's not mine. And then I come and tell you that give me a hug and I'll give you the Mercedes Benz. I mean, unless you want to give me a hug on your own, the first question you ask is that, how can you give me something that is not yours? So Jesus didn't argue with Satan that all that he's saying is not true. Because what he's saying was true. So Satan is the God of this world. And this Satan, the Bible has described him very well to us. And I want us to look at it carefully. Today I'm preaching for a very short time. And I want us to look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. I don't know if somebody will read for me. But Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Revelation. Is somebody going to read, read for me? Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. The Bible says that, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We are hearing something that is, you see, the adjective 
The adjective describes a noun. And the noun in this case is the devil or Satan. And the adjective in this case is deceive. And the, the, the object, is it, no, the subject, is it the subject or the object, which one? Is the whole world. You get the, 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 he deceives the whole world. Now, you and I, through Christ Jesus, may not be of the world. In other words, we don't belong to the world. But we are in the world. We are in the world. And if Satan cannot deceive us, or Satan cannot reach us, Jesus would not have prayed for his disciples in John chapter 17, when he prayed to God to keep them from the evil one. In John chapter 17, I, I, can't, I can't remember the particular verse. But in two places, or I think in one place, he prayed God to keep them from the evil one. Are you with me? So, so what, maybe let's, let's, let's open so that we, we, we all understand what I'm trying to say. You see, I'm trying to prove to you that if anybody tells you Satan is not real, it's a lie. Do you get it? If anybody tells you Satan is not real, it's a lie. Because the, the Jesus, who is God with us, acknowledges his existence here on earth. And if, if somebody tells you that Satan cannot resist God's purpose for your life, it's also a lie. Satan can resist God's purpose for your life. That is why Jesus found it necessary to pray to God. In John chapter 17, I think verse, verse 12 thereabout or so. Let me see. John 17 verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come and I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. Oh, if we are going to verse 15, continue. I have given them thy word. And the word hath hated the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Good. I mean, if you have another simpler translation, you can read verse 15. Verse 15, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I am asking you to keep them safe from the evil one. Hmm. The, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, this is the, this is the one that worked miracles. So. This is the one that walked on water. This is the one that the demons obeyed. As he was leaving, he found it necessary to pray to his father 
to keep his disciples from Satan. I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say. So, for example, for example, if you live your life and you don't pray for God to keep you from the works of Satan, you are making a big mistake. Because if Jesus is our example and he prayed for his disciples to be kept from Satan, why don't you pray for your for your life to be kept from Satan? Why don't you pray for your children to be protected from Satan? Why don't you pray for your brothers and sisters to be protected? So I'm just trying to show you that, listen, we have a real enemy. We have a real enemy. And we can't walk as if we don't have an enemy. Now that we know Jesus, we have an enemy. And all creation of God is an, have an enemy in the person of Satan. So the Bible tells us that Satan is a deceiver. That is the mechanism by which he operates to gain power over people that God has good plans for. That is the mechanism by which he operates to make people reject God who loves them. Amen. Now, and you see, in, in Revelation chapter 15, chapter 13, we are told once again one of the ways by which he operated. Verse 14. Revelation chapter 13, verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Chapter 13 verse 14 is showing us one of the ways by which he deceived the world or he, has, he deceived some people. Please, can you read it in another language, in a simpler language? Revelation Revelations, Revelation 13, verse 14. The second beast fooled the people living on earth by using the miracles that he had been given the power to do for the first beast. He ordered people to make an idol to honor the first beast, the one that was wounded by the sword but did not die. Ask you a question. What are you doing as a Christian? That is because you have been deceived by Satan. I, I want you to ask somebody sitting by you. You should ask your ask your husband. Pius and Pius, ask your wife. Lerato, ask Yolanda. Yeah, ask her. Yolanda, ask Lerato. Yeah. Spa, find somebody to ask. In fact, get up, spa, get up and go and ask Tanya. Go and ask Tanya that what are you? She's she's right behind you. She's right behind you. Spa, she's right behind you on your right side. Go and ask somebody. Go and ask somebody. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
that is because the enemy has deceived you as a Christian. What are you doing that you shouldn't be doing as a Christian? Amen. Now, now, there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things that Christians are doing or are not doing because Satan has deceived us. And he's making us do something else because of the deception. Hallelujah. You see, I, I can tell you, I can tell you one of the things that Satan has deceived Christians and making us not to do is to give our attention and our lives to be used by God. And he's making us, he has, he has given us something else that is useless without the help of God. Please, can you read the, the, second, the second version you read again for me? Revelations 13 verse 14. The second beast fooled the people living on earth by using the miracles he had been given the power to do for the first beast. He ordered people to make an idol to honor the first beast, the one that was wounded by the sword but did not die. Not the first beast. You get it? And, and, and what, is, what, what idol have you been ordered to make in your life? You don't have to go and look for the shrine, the ancestral shrine in your house. No. You are the greatest idol. You, you, the you, yourself. is the greatest idol that you have been made to worship. And it is through deception. Hallelujah. But I believe that through understanding repentance, Satan will find it difficult to defeat you, to deceive you. I said, Satan will find it difficult to deceive you. I said, Satan will find it difficult to deceive you. He's not going to have it easy again. You are not going to be a walk in the park for his life. I mean, I mean, for his works. Amen. Good. So, you see, Satan is a deceiver. And you see, you deceive people. One of the ways by which you can deceive people is to deceive them to break principles. Is to deceive them to break principles. And you see, when you break any principle in life, the principle will break you. Hallelujah. Now, so let's look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. This is what God says. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Jeremiah, 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 Jeremiah. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in, in men, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Powerful. Can you read a softer version for us to understand it? 
This is what the Lord says. Bad things will happen to those who put their trust in people. Bad things will happen to those who depend on human strength. That is because they have stopped trusting the Lord. Hallelujah. Please give me a full picture of the church. I want, I want to speak to the church. Give me a full picture of the church. Now, if the Bible says that this is what God says, that cursed be the man, please read that second version again for me. Don't, don't zoom on him. Don't zoom on him. Just let him read. I can hear him. This is what the Lord says. Bad things will happen to those who put their trust in people. Bad things will happen to those who depend on human strength. That is because they have stopped trusting the Lord. Listen, those who depend on whose strength? I'm saying, I'm asking a question. Those who depend on whose strength? Human strength. You can answer yourself since you have the mic. Human strength. Human strength. Human strength. Human okay, let me ask you a question. Are you a human? Oh, yes. Are you a human? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. So do you depend on your strength? I'm asking you, are you a human? Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Do you depend on your strength? I'm not getting an answer from you. Do you depend on your strength? You see, you are not honest. Always, always. Not most of times, always, always. And I can link the activities that proves that you depend on your strength. And you see, you must be honest with us. So you see, Satan knows this. Are you with me? Satan knows this. That anybody who depends on their strength is cursed. Like the, like the man said, bad things will happen to them. Things cannot go well. And whose heart departs? Because when you depend on your strength, your heart will depart from the Lord. Are, are you understanding it? Now, what, what does repentance do? What does repentance do? When you say, have repented, what does it do? The simplest the simplest explanation of repentance is that you give up on yourself and you hand, you, hand, you hand yourself over to God. You give up on yourself and you hand yourself over to God in totality. In other words, it is not what I want, but what God wants. And, and it's, not, it's not dependent on how I feel or how I don't feel. It's not dependent on what God wants will make me feel or what it doesn't make me feel. You see, a repentant person has come to an end of himself. A repentant person has come to an end of himself and says, God, it's you. What you say is what will be done. I trust in you. I depend on you totally. 
I trust in you. I depend on you totally. So you see, you see why repentance is important. It's important. Because you see, once you understand what it means to repent and you always walk in it, that I am, I'm, a, I'm a repentant child of God. You stop arguing with God. You stop having a discussion whether it's true or not what God says. You just decide whatever God says is what I will do. And if I need strength, I will ask him for strength. If I need his support, I will ask him for support. But as for what he wants me to do, I will do it. You see, an example is Jesus. He did everything that God wants him to do. He said, I don't do anything of myself. What I see my father do, that is what I do. Then when he came to the most difficult part, the Bible says, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, because now he was going to the most difficult part, which is to carry sin and to be on the cross. He was shaking and said, if it's possible, let this car pass over me. But he was quick to understand that it's not his will, but it's the will of God. So he said, let your will be done. And the Bible says in the Luke version, an angel came to strengthen him to make him able to do what he has accepted to do. And you see, Satan deceives many of us to do things that we can do and we want to do when God says it and it's nice to us. But the things that God says and it's not nice to us, instead of asking God for strength, ability, to do it, we, we say, no, 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 this one is not the case. You see, whatever God says, it will always be the case. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And therefore, it's very important for us to understand this. You see, don't let, like I said at some time, don't let your coming to church deceive you. Because, because, remember, Real repentance will lead to a change of heart. A heart that says, it's not me. I'm not the king of my life. God is the king of my life. A heart that says, I belong to God. I don't belong to myself. And remember that the Bible says that there is a curse. There is a curse for those who depend on the arm of flesh. Or in other words, for those who depend on human strength, and you are human. So if you depend on your strength, if you depend on your personal abilities, if you depend on everything about you and not trusting God, the Bible says that you are cursed. And Satan knows it. So he wants you to depend on nothing else but yourself. I hope you understand what I'm, what I'm sharing with you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And you see, as you begin to depend on God, as you begin to accept completely whatever God says, you are going to also experience the help of God. You are going to experience the power of God in your life. And you will discover that God does not neglect you. Because as you do his will, he will provide for your life 
everything that your life needs to be here on earth. That will bring glory to his name. Hallelujah. You see, even, even if you are poor, your poverty, your poverty, you will live your life in a way that your poverty would even give glory to God. Because people will see you poor, yet doing God's will in people's life. And they will marvel that how come you are so poor? How come you are so needy? But you are very caring and you are very loving and helping people. As people will stand and say, God is wonderful. People will stand and say, God is gracious. That this person has nothing. But because of his trust in God, he gives everything to help other people when he has nothing. And thanks will be given to God. But I can promise you that many of us, God will not even use us in that way. I said, many of us, God will not even use us in that way. God will use us in a way that we would even enjoy the fruit of our labor. Yeah, God, God didn't take everybody to the cross. Hallelujah. So listen, this is what I'm sharing with you today concerning repentance and the fact that it brings, you see, a repentant person depends on God. That's the first point. A repentant person totally, absolutely depends on God. Whatever they set out to do is based on God's counsel. They forgive based on God's counsel. They set goals of their life based on God's counsel. Not on human ambition. They give based on God's counsel. Hallelujah. And that is evidence that they are depending on God. They are trusting God. They don't fight when it is not the counsel of God for them to fight. They learn to commit everything to God. No matter what is happening in their life. They always trust that even in the fight, it is God who will give them victory if they have to fight. And therefore, they don't break rules to fight. They don't undermine, they don't lie about somebody who is fighting them by fabricating stories. No, they don't do that. They stand for the truth and hold on to the truth and trust God for victory. Hallelujah. That's the first point. Now, the second point that I want to say, and I'll be ending for, normally you are supposed to have three points, but look, it's fine. Two is fine. The second point that I want to say about repentance is that a repentant person has seen how wrong the way they chose or what they were doing or where they were going is you see, a repentant person sees clearly the wrong of their way to the point that they hate it they hate it they don't they hate it that they don't want to see it in somebody else hallelujah let me say it again for example, for example, you see, sin, sin 
is to go away from your maker. The other things that we call sin are, are the fruits of going away from our maker. The other things that we, we call sin, that we know as sin, is the fruit. When you go away from your maker, there are fruits that come out of your life. When you begin to live for yourself, you please yourself, whatever your body wants to do, you do. You live in wickedness and all those things. Of course, all this is under the influence of Satan. But real sin is going away from God. Now, you see, when you come to the realization how wrong it is to go away from God and you decide to, and, and then how right God is. And you decide to make that change that I'm going back to God. You don't only go back to God, but you begin to hate the thing of going away from God. You hate it so much so that you, you spare nothing to deliver those that are on the same way. I said, when you discover how wrong it is for a heart to turn away from God, it makes you hate it so much so that you want to help everybody whose heart is turning away from God. Oh, yes. Have you ever said something? Have you ever experienced something that you say to yourself? What I have experienced, I don't even wish it for my enemy. Have you ever experienced something? A pain. When you say that, the pain that I'm experiencing, I don't wish it for my enemy. You see, that's, that's how the thing feels. So a repentant person does not only turn back to God, but hates the way he went. So much so that he will do everything, everything to help somebody not to go that way. A classical example is Paul. Romans chapter 10. Where, where did he say that I wish I myself would be accursed? For the... Now, listen to the story. Paul was, was a Jew. Who hated Christians and rejected Christ until Christ met him on his way to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. When he discovered the truth and when he had deep revelation of the mistake he made by rejecting Christ. He didn't want anybody to reject Christ. 
and was so willing to suffer to help anybody to know Jesus. Said that beatings, whatever it is. You see, when he changed his mind, when he met Jesus, when he repented, he didn't want anybody to walk that way. Said that in Acts, in, in, in Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 9. Can you read up to from verse 1 to verse 4? Romans chapter 9, verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. It's in another simple version for us. Some of us... I am in Christ, I, and I am telling you the truth. I am not lying. And my conscience, ruled by the Holy Spirit, agrees that what I say now is true. I have great sorrow and always feel much sadness for my own people. They are my brothers and sisters, my earthly family. I wish I could help them. I would even have a curse on me and cut myself off from Christ if it would help them. They are the people of Israel, God's chosen children. They have the glory of God and the agreement he made between himself and his people. God gave them the law of Moses, the temple worship, and his promises. Hallelujah. So you see, are you understanding the point I'm making? That you see, when Paul got saved, he didn't just get saved. You get it? When he changed his mind about Jesus, he didn't want his brothers to, to have the same mind. And even though they would not receive the message from him, he was so sad that he says, even if I could lose my place so that they can have a place in God, I would have done my best. Listen to the story of the rich man also. You see, when the rich man came to the realization of the truth, that this is true, Luke chapter 16. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter... Verse 27. 27. The rich man said, Then please, Father Abraham, Send Lazarus to my father's house on earth. I have five brothers. He could warn my brothers so that they will not come to this place of pain. I hope you are understanding what I'm trying to say to you. That you see, when people realize the wrong of their choice and they change their mind, unfortunately, this one couldn't change his mind. But you see, a truly repentant person 
who is now handed over himself to God does not think of I suffer, so they must also suffer. It's like, what can I do to help them? I'm here already, but I don't want them to come here. Now, many of us, many of us, the reason why I say that we really have not repented, or maybe we don't understand what it means to repent, is that a true repented heart would have come to that conclusion that the way I went was so wrong that you spend nothing to help others to get out of that way. So when you and I, we say we are repentant, and yet so many people are walking away from God and away from Christ, and it doesn't bother us. The question is, are we really repentant? Or we are just around for hoping for our good. You know, sometimes you associate with some people, not because you really love them, but because of the benefit they bring to your life. And we'll be surprised that Satan can deceive us to critically not examine our hearts to say, have I really, have I truly repented? Because if I have repented, the fruits of repentance, as John the Baptist demanded of the Pharisees, would be that I would hate that way and I wouldn't want anybody to go there. Oh, yes. Because you see, true repentance comes when you see how wrong you are. And how right God is. And you decide when when you repent, you want to. You see, remember that when you repent, you want to obey God. Your heart is inclined to obey God. And God says, Love your neighbor. So you see, a repentant person will want to love God with all his heart, will want to love God with all his soul. We want to love God with all his mind. But we will also love their neighbor as themselves. And they will want what they have for their neighbor. So if, if you and I say we are repentant, and it doesn't bother us, who else is walking on our old road? Then we need to question whether we are truly repentant. We see in the Bible at least two good examples. Apostle Paul wishing to be cursed so that the Israelites will see the way that he has seen and will receive Jesus the way he has received. The rich man is not thinking about himself anymore. His life is no longer about him because he has realized the truth of the word of God and wishes that his brothers will not come where he has come. You and I, as we see sinners walking out there and are lost and wasting away their life, I want to ask you, what does it do to you? 
does it help you to sleep better? Or does it cause you to have sleepless nights? Crying to God for their salvation. What does it do to you? Does it, want, does it make you say, well, it's their problem? Or does it make you say, Lord, give me strength to be a bridge for these lives? You see, we, we, we just had one of us hearing about Swollen Sunday. Swollen Sunday is our effort as repentant children of God to receive others or to help others to come to the Father as we have come. We can see how bad that road is. And we don't want to enjoy this good road that we have found. But we want our brothers and sisters also to find that road. And we are willing to pay a price so that they will find that road. We are willing to be bridges by which God will bring them back home. They are the children of our Father. They have been held captive by Satan. We have been freed. And we are not ready to rest until our brothers and sisters are also freed. That is a sign that your heart has changed towards God. It's not how much tongues you speak. I said, it's not how much tongues you speak and how many verses you quote and how regular you are in church on Sunday. But what bothers your heart? What causes you to cry is a reflection of the change that is in your heart. We may never know what is in our heart, but Jesus tells us that it is out of our hearts that determines what we do. The bad things we do is coming from our heart. And that is why Solomon also tells us to keep our heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. I want to tell you something. There is a deep blessing of God awaiting our life. If we would truly repent and align our heart to God's heart, he will pour out his power, his blessings over our life. The Bible says in Colossians 2, 9 and 10, that Jesus Christ, in whom dwells all the power, all the fullness of the Godhead, and he is above every principality. This is the person in whom we are. It says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality. So you see, in Christ, in Christ, there's no power greater than the power that is in Christ for us. The Bible divide, there are powers. But in Christ, we occupy the highest of powers. That is a blessing that is awaiting our lives to manifest, repent, and 
align with God. May every day of our life bring a closer alignment to God's heart. May every day of our life, through the help of the Holy Spirit, release us from the chains, from the things that holds us captive, from the deception that causes us not to see clearly what is obvious. There's no greater power than God and than the power in Christ. And this Christ has died for you. He has died for me. He shed his blood so that you and I can be free from the power of Satan and have for our lives his power that surpasses all. Let us make every effort to allow this power to be released in our lives, to bless us, to bless our families, to bless our relatives, to bless our communities, to bless the people in our world, everywhere we come to. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's rise to our feet. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. I want us to pray about this message. I want us to pray about this message seriously and say, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. I have purpose in my heart to align myself completely to you. I don't want my heart to belong to anything because I see clearly the works of the enemy against my life to make me have confidence in myself and in my abilities to depend on the arm of flesh that your curse will come unto me. But thank you for your Holy Spirit that today light has come into my life. And I depend on no arm of flesh. Yes, I trust not in myself. Neither do I trust in my abilities, mm. but I totally trust in you, trust in you Lord. and what you will do yes, with me. The name Therefore, Lord, let the fruit of repentance, yes. which is love towards my neighbor, mm. be also manifested in my life. Amen. Where I care about the lost souls, yes, Lord. where I care about the perishing. Yes. Where I give my all for your purpose. Yes. Because you love them. Yes. Lord. They are your everything. Yes, Lord. Yes. For the God told us that you so love the world. Love the world. That you gave Jesus gave. for the salvation of the world. Lord, this salvation mm. is what I desire to see. Yes, in the lives of my friends, in the lives of my, in the life of my old mates, my old in the lives of the people that I used to do wrong people things with. In yes, the Lord. lives of people whose heart has turned away from you. Yes, Lord. Lord, if you have saved me, yes, I know you can save them. And I know you can use mm. me to save many lives. Use me, Lord. Lord, if you can use anything, use me. this is my prayer. Yes, use me. Lift yes, up your voice and begin to pray to God. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.